Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Psych Minded Podcast. I am your host, James Anthony, and if you are new here, welcome to the Psych Minded Podcast. I'm so excited to have you tune in for today's episode. And for my returning um, listeners, I am just so appreciative that you are able to tune in to today's episode as well. Um, Now, for today, I thought it would just be kind of smart to just jump straight into the how I've been feeling and also what um, is new in my life. So for this segment, I have just a little bit of um, catching up for you guys. Basically, I have taken my final class for my undergraduate degree at UNLV, which is my current university, um, for my psychology degree, and I feel so accomplished with it. Like, seriously, it's a big accomplishment for me. I think that anybody can attest to graduating um, that it is a big, big thing like it's a huge accomplishment in the sense that you endured so much through academic processes like for instance papers tests discussion posts things that in particular you weren't really trying to have to do tons of work with but yeah it was a lot of work so I'm very accomplished and very proud of myself for actually finishing my last in-person class and this week in particular I am finishing with my final assignment for the entire undergraduate degree so it's just a very rewarding time for me right now and I feel very accomplished in this um, sense that I've really done what I set out to do at least for my beginning portion of my um you know my career and the academics behind it so I feel very happy with it um and it's just an exciting time because because I am graduating I have family that are flying out to see me and come to my graduation and it's going to be a whole moment and I'm just super excited for it because I think like people don't take advantage of the big crazy important moments in your life and I wanted to make this very special so I was like you know what everyone I want all my family to fly out here and I want them to be um you know able to experience this with me and share this moment with me because you know life's short and you never know so um I definitely thought that this is going to be and I and not thought but think that this is going to be one of the most important experiences that I'm going to be having in the past year and possibly within the next year I don't know but it's a uh, very important and um, I'm just so proud of myself so that's the main thing that's you know kind of going on and was new um, as far as personal life though not just academic or school life um, I feel a lot more content with where I'm standing in in the sense of where I view myself in the world and how I view myself in my field how I view myself in um, you know my my talents and my creativeness and my artistry um i had some moments where i was doubting you know certain things about what i do with my life and what i do for fun but i've come to this conclusion that i just need to be happy with what i'm doing in life and i mean i've always known this it's just i feel more confident in that idea as a whole as of recently than i have within like the past couple weeks but um i feel very good in where i'm at right now so that's a very important thing for me but besides all that life has been quite the same um at least for the past bit um but i have also been kind of coming to terms with some of the things that i realize are you know kind of coming into fruition soon and by that i mean like just the idea of possibly not living where I live right now because I'll have to go somewhere different for my degree, um, at least for my um, PsyD. So it's 
a lot of thinking right now, at least for me. Um, I personally feel like this is a big um, moment in my life, like this time in particular, because I feel like there's a lot going on that I need to completely like focus on and, you know, get things done, essentially. Um, but besides that, you know, life is life. It's it's continuing as it always does, and I'm just on the ride. <laughs> but um, besides that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. So for anyone who is unaware of the episode, if you didn't read the title, today we're going to be talking about memory. We're going to be talking about the processes in the brain that are particularly tied to memory, as well as the different memory systems. Now, I do want to reiterate, though, we're not going to be going super, super in-depth with short-term working and long-term memory right now only because the next episode is actually going to be a rundown of all of that and it's going to be a bit more detailed and we're going to kind of go over some other aspects about each of those specific categories of memory so just know that that's going to be coming up so i kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of a rundown as to why i find memory so fascinating why I decided to take a course on memory and what I feel like is the most beneficial points to take away from studying memory. So to start, I've always been fascinated, like I said, about memory. It's so interesting, the concepts of, you know, remembering, forgetting, um, being able to, um, I guess, basically encode because I'm going to be using technical terms, but this idea of bringing in um you know, stimuli, stuff that we see and retaining it, you know, that that whole process is so interesting to me. Um, but in general, you learn a lot more about memory than you think when it comes to a full-on studying of the um, idea of memory, because there's a lot of theories, there's a lot of, you know, stuff that we can't see, but we can actually kind of prove but also that are still theories so like there's a lot of things that we have to look at in in that in this bigger sense of looking at memory because memory is just such a huge um field i like to think of it as like it's a sandbox and inside there's like little hidden gems and those little gems are the little sub pockets about memory and the different things and processes and it's just so complex um it's very like a little neural minefield in my head. That's kind of what I picture. But um, besides that, I decided to take a course for memory because I just thought, why not educate myself a little bit more on, you know, the processes that really help us from day to day. We use memory every day, every single waking second, even sometimes when we're sleeping. Um, People, you know, there's actually debates about that. But um, in my opinion, I believe that it is more of a, <laughs> a, a process that happens at every moment in your life. Um, you're always using it, you're always um, somehow accessing it, and you're also doing a lot more than you think um, subconsciously with memory. Um, so besides that, um, I personally believe there is a lot to gain from studying memory. I believe that there is a lot of, you know, like societal implications of the fact like, okay, like what can we see uh, and expect from people due to memory? Like what can we remember? Like, you know, something that is like, okay, those uh, ideas and concepts about memory are going to help us 
formulate what we believe is normal and what um you know we can remember as far as like what's normal for humans what's our what's our um extents what's our capacities um another way is to understand and treat memory disorders and that of like for instance dementia um a lot of people are unaware that dementia is such a um prominent issue uh, mental health issue in general when it comes to individuals of that like 60 and above it's still a very uh prominent issue in just real time but it's always been and it's always been undermined so there's always things that we want to look at and understand better so we can help uh better understand and treat and do things with uh, memory disorders um and then another thing is in general it's just super interesting and it really helps us understand how we can um basically forget remember recall and code it gives us a lot so um if we understand the basic you know workings of memory or at least what we believe are the workings of memory then we're better able to understand people, we're better able to understand the human experience, you know, the, the perception and the retention of the human experience, you know, day-to-day things. It's uh, very interesting. So besides that, um, there are a lot of misconceptions about memory, and a lot of people believe that your memory is just flawless like there is parts that like for instance if it's an emotional um, tied memory like you have an emotional experience with that memory um that you will always remember everything to t or that you'll always remember everything as it was and that's actually not true and there's a lot to show behind that there's actually studies there's um processes like reconsolidation and initial consolidation that takes place that ends up in a form um or in a way molding and shaping memories um to the ways that we look to perceive them it's super interesting um we'll get more into this as we decide to expand more on different parts of memory to at least give you guys you know the insight on how it all works so um when it comes to the misconceptions i mean you can see for yourself like majority of people i think nowadays believe that you can actually like train your memory to do better or to um you know be able to remember more or to be able to um for instance like cramming in at at the middle of the night like when you're supposed to be getting rest to uh, you know for instance take a test in the morning people believe that that's like actually helpful and that in, in, in a way it helps increase your chances of memorizing or, or recalling certain information but in reality it does the opposite it, it gives you more of like a shorter attention span with it um i really think that this uh you know i guess series that i'm going to do with memory is going to help dispel a lot of misbeliefs and misconceptions regarding memory and the different processes and ideas like that of eyewitness testimony and eyewitness memories and that of flashbulb memories um i believe people think that they know everything but then when it comes to like looking into the actual research and finding things out about that specific concept or theory it it shocks them because they're like wow i was thinking this this whole time and in reality this is really what's been happening (laughs) like at least that's what happened to me too when i was going through this course i was like wow you know i thought i really knew stuff i thought i really knew stuff about memory in that sense 
but as I've, you know, progressed through the course and now I've, I've finished it, I actually believe that, you know, I was so far off, but now that I've taken this course, it helps me understand a lot more about what it is we can remember, retain, um, you know, visualize, um, it's, it's just a lot of uh, very interesting connections that I've been able to piece together due to this course. Um, and I just really think that this is a, a very um, interesting topic that I think a lot of people will be able to say, you know what, I'm going to forever hold on to that information because I know that it's going to benefit me when I look back and think about these processes or these theories or, you know, put, say, a theory to the test and try to find a way to help yourself with your memory. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that can come from uh, memory and the studying of memory. Um, now, there are various ways that you can go about uh, actually, like, um, studying, like, the, um, if you want to say, like, quantitative version of memory. So instead of looking at like the qualities of memory, you can look at how well someone remembers something versus, um, you know, what or how much they remember. Um, but in that sense, the, the main way is really experiments and studies. Um, you know, you can also look at neuropsychology and just look at basic neural, like, you know, imaging um, through well, one, there's fMRI, but um, there's ways that you can look at various uh, parts of the brain and looking at, you know, which sections of the brain light up or which sections of the brain have more activity during uh, cognitive processes or specific studying um, uh, or not studying, but memorizing experiments. So there's various ways that you can go about testing it, which I find very interesting because in reality, you would think that something we can't actually see the inner workings of, like there's no like physical evidence written in our brain, you know what I mean? Like we're trying to understand what we can of these theories and, and make further um, you know, implications. So for those who do not know, um, the individual who really went about applying this idea of studying memory was Ebbinghaus. A lot of people do not know that, um, born in 1885, he was the first one to do experiments with memory, um, and he relied on uh, objective measurement, he relied on controlling the stimuli, and not just that, but he used statistics to really, you know, concrete his results. So, you know, there was a lot of, uh, skepticism, of course, when it came to his work, because people are always skeptical about uh, anything new, and not just that, but anything that's been, um, you know, conceived a certain way, and then it's it's been shown something different over time. So it's like, you know, I think that's with any any particular study, but in general, he was the first one to do it on memory in that experimental way. Um, and it's just very interesting to know. So for anyone who is interested in knowing a little bit more about, you know, the implications of memory, you can definitely find a lot more research to figure out what it is you're looking for in the sense of, you know, the implications of memory if you're wanting to find out more in a particular, um, you know, uh, I want to say like a category, but you know, a particular area of memory that you want to know more about, you can definitely find it. There are so many studies, so many research articles and publications of like real work, real experiments, real studies. It's just, it's, it's all there, but it's more of like, no one's, I feel like pieced it together well enough for people. And, um, 
me learning what I've learned now, I feel like I'm able to hopefully be able to do that for y'all through these little uh, memory series episodes um, on Psych Minded. So besides that, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the techniques that they have like to see the imaging for the brain because when it comes to memory, you know, different areas are associated with um, well, I mean, okay, I'm gonna rephrase it. Different areas of the brain are associated with different particular like um, processes. So for instance, uh, emotional regulation and uh, basically association with emotions is housed in a different area than it is of uh, particularly working memory or even long-term memory. So there's a lot to memory that people don't know. And what's really cool is you can use uh, machinery like that of uh, an ERP, an fMRI, a PET scan. There's there's various tools that we have that we can use to better get an idea of like the real, um, I guess you would call it the evidence of <laughs> the processes we're trying to understand. Um, so this stuff is very interesting. And um, in general, if you are unaware, there is like multiple, multiple ways to um, assess someone's memory and not just that, but there's multiple ways to study it in um, like, you know, different applications of testing and and by that I mean like you can do different studies and the studies be completely different processes or the procedures completely different, the methods, you know, and they can still test for completely different things within memory, but give us a better conclusion on, uh, you know, something about memory that we didn't know as clearly before. So I like to read about the studies and the, the new findings with memory in particular because it's just so fascinating to see like, okay, so this is you know, apparently proven through, and it's usually through statistical analysis too, because they do usually include a lot of statistical analysis within most of the studies that I get to read. But um, yeah, most of them are about the quantitative data and not really the qualitative. And that's good because we need a little more of that measurement there. Um, So for those that do not know, memory is like, again, the umbrella term for what it is that memory can do for us, right? There are various processes and various systems within memory. Um, So just to give it a breakdown, imagine that you're looking at the word memory as the leader of a family tree, right? You have the branch going down that essentially breaks off into two, well, in reality, three, different little branches, okay? And these branches are going to be your bigger, um, more prominent um, memory systems. So you have your sensory system, and then you have your working memory system, and you have your long-term working, uh, sorry, long-term memory system. And uh, these are broken down further. The only two that really don't have much to be broken down to are sensory and working memory. Um, Those are really just as it is alone. They do their jobs. Um, But as you'll see when I get to talking um, a little bit more about long-term, long-term memory has the most um, when it comes to branches of categories that you can divide this into. Um, So again, we're going down the branch, right? (laughs) I'm just trying to visualize this for you guys. Um, But we're going to look at long-term memory because long-term memory is the only one that branches out further, right? So you have declarative and non-declarative memory. 
Declarative memory is basically things that you can say, you can speak on, you can talk about your day-to-day memory because you remember it enough to visualize it and then word it. Um, And then same thing with, um, well, you'll learn the two, I'll get into it a little bit, but episodic and semantic memory are are both declarative memory systems, more because you can speak on them and they're easy to recall and you can put it into words. Um, When it comes to the only other option besides declarative uh, memory, you have non-declarative memory. And non-declarative memory is basically, I think of like our instinctual um, and very like um, motoristic skills. So for instance, you have your procedural memory, which really is skills and habits. Then you have associative memory, which is the classical and operant conditioning. These are things that we use to associate either reward, consequence, or, um, you know, associate one with another so that we, in a sense, respond to whatever it is we're supposed to respond to in a particular way. Um, And then besides the associative memory groups, which this is all in non-declarative, um, you have the non-associative, which is basically your habituation and your, um, <clears throat> sorry, your uh, sens- sensitiz- ugh, sensitization of memory. And then besides that, you also have your implicit memory. So implicit memory is kind of like, if you think of the word, you're implying, you're inferencing, you're taking um, into account you know, various inferences to create this overall arching idea. And that is what it is, implicit memory. Um, so those are the non-declarative ones. Now, looking back at the declarative ones, like I had just briefly mentioned, we have episodic and semantic memory. So when you think of episodic memory, you're going to think of things like day-to-day memory. Um, I like to think of episodic as like episode. It's an episode of your day-to-day life. Um, You remember it, right? You may not remember every little detail about it, but you remember the overarching ideas and concepts and what happened um, and, you know, things like who you ran into. But um, it's really hard to uh, really visualize key, key details besides, you know, just like, oh, I met up with this person or I went to this place. You know, like you can say that, but you can't always be like, oh, I remember the car of who was ahead of me and I remember the color of the car. You know what I mean? Like it's very um, a little bit limited in the sense. Um, So besides the episodic memory, you have semantic memory. Semantic memory is basically your overall knowledge of the world, facts, um, stuff like that. So it's not really uh, opinions. It's just basically um, your overall knowledge of the world. So I like to use the example of semantic memory being the ability to understand that a table is a table, you know what I mean? Or that a car is a car or that um, money is um, a thing we use everywhere. You know what I mean? Like these key ideas. um, And that's actually a very, very key component to episodic memory. So they kind of work hand in hand, episodic and semantic, which is really interesting because, you know, when you think about it, they're the only memory systems that you can speak on. Um, You can obviously speak about skills you can do, right? Like you can say, oh, I can pick this up or I can do this and that would be a procedural memory thing. But in the sense that declarative memory is like, you can literally speak on that in multiple ways and have like various, um, 
applications to that memory system versus just like procedural memory. So um, with both episodic and semantic memory, you really are dealing with recognition, cued recall, and just the idea of recall in general. So uh, for those who do not understand what that means, recall is the ability to remember or to basically go back into the mind and pull out the information that you need for that particular moment or to, um, you know, reiterate or to um, expand on an idea, stuff like that. When it comes to cued recall, cued recall would really just be that you are cued to recall something or that you have a in general, you are associating something to recall something. Um, and then with recognition, that's easy to understand. That's to observe and understand and perceive something. Um, and especially the fact like um, like in semantic memory, being able to look at something and say, that is a table and I know that's a table. So I know that this is a table. Like it's literally like you're almost having to understand that you are seeing what you're seeing. <laughs> it's kind of interesting like that. But yeah. So that is basically a breakdown of the memory systems themselves. I'm going to get into more information about the short-term, long-term, and working memory systems, obviously, like I said, um, in the next episode. But I wanted to give you guys a rundown of basically what memory has to offer, why it's interesting, and the various types that are associated to this overarching umbrella term that is memory. Um, now, if you guys are interested in anything in particular about memory that you want me to discuss within the next episode, please leave it in the comments because I will actually like write up a whole entire script, do all my research and everything, and I will literally present you the idea that you think, um, you know, you guys want to, you want to hear or learn about. So I, um, am actually very happy with this rundown. I was thinking it might be a little harder to explain to you guys, but I think I did an okay job. If it was a little confusing, maybe re-listen to parts of it to understand how memory is the umbrella term and you have all these little pieces underneath that are the other working systems. Um, so if you understand that, then you're on the right track and you're going to understand more as we progress into the more, you know, fine fine detailed um facts about each thing and each memory and each uh particular system and each process it's it's just a lot but we're on the ride and you guys i'm sure are gonna love each of these memory system episodes that i do um and i wouldn't even just say memory systems i like the idea of being able to discuss various other aspects of memory and not just how it works you know what i mean so we'll definitely be getting into things like that in the future but like I said, if you have a particular, um, you know, idea for the um, memory series that you want me to look into, then yeah, leave it a comment and I will hopefully get to it and be able to present that to y'all. But without any further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and then tune in next time because we're going to be talking all about short-term working and long-term memory. Um, and thank you so much for anyone who is new, who tuned in and made it to the very end. I really appreciate you. And I am so glad that you guys are really finding an interest in psychology and, and not just that, but how memory works, right? Because I, I think it's so fascinating. But um, again, if you're new, um, I have other episodes and I'm going to be covering all different types of things when it comes to psychology. Um, so yes, please tune in and thank you so much without any further ado i hope you have a good rest of your time wherever you are day or night 
And yeah, I'll see you guys all in the next episode of Psych Minded. Bye.